these cultural waves aren't gonna bother them. They'll respond to them as they need to, but they have a mission. They're like a heat-seeking missile that is set on the target and we will accomplish. You have the Holy Spirit. You're men, ain't you? We wanna fight the good fight, Paul said. Wage the good warfare. 1 John 5 verse 4 says, everyone who has been born of God conquers the world. The gospel of Jesus Christ is not just content for a story. It is embedded with divine power to literally change lives and bring the new birth to the glory of God. Christianity is a world conquering religion. Hey, welcome back to the Sons of Gideon podcast. How are we doing this week? Good, man. Good. Yeah, we're going good. It's been a while. Eh? Yeah, it has been a while. Man. What have we been up to? I've uh, just recently, as you can tell, uh, who's ever watching the video, that this is my new place. Yeah. Getting married in two months and finally moved into a place. God willing. Yeah. God willing, inshallah. Yep. <laughs> How are you, Ruben? Yeah, I'm going good, mate. I'm uh, been grinding out uni. Yeah. Mm. What have we been up to today? Church. Lord's Day. The Sabbath. Yeah. This is this is resting. So just to point that out. All right. Today we're looking into the uh, the fallacy of evolution and its um, implications on morality, ethics. Yeah. So let's fire away. Let's start with just a basic overview, boys. Uh, we're not getting into it. Our viewers can look at the mass of literature from uh, a, a long stretch of time now looking at evolution. But let's get into what's a broad overview of the tenets of evolution. Well, evolution, it's normally mixed in and tied with kind of the Big Bang Theory as well. Mm. So kind of generally the belief is, is that uh, at some point in time, a single celled organism somehow formed... And this organism had the ability to reproduce itself, mm. but the ability to reproduce itself with some sort of small change or mutation. Mm. And um, some mutations will give an organism a greater statistical advantage to survive and some uh, would cause them to die. So what happens is as things evolve and change and mutate, certain animals will survive, certain animals will die. Mm. And over billions of years we see, um, not billions, millions, sorry, over millions of years, we see all the diverse, broad array of animals and creatures all mm. coming from supposedly a single-celled organism. And what would people um, nominally know this as? Uh, what would they, let's see, what's the nomenclature there? What do you mean? Well, then the, this is normally termed as survival of the fittest, right? Uh, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Survival of the fittest. That's right. I was going to say, just my public school education uh, would just say that everything came from nothing, order came from chaos, and this is all just a coincidence. We, mm. That's how we are here today. Yeah. 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 And it's it's typically tied in, as I mentioned before, with the idea of the <coughs> old universe. So mm. you, uh, people who believe in evolution, the majority of the time would also believe in the Big Bang. So yeah. one day there was nothing, nothing in the universe, and all of a sudden, bam, everything was made at once, huge yeah. explosion particles flying everywhere mm. and then billions of years later planets form yep. stars form all the elements form from they say from kind of hydrogen and smaller part smaller 
um, elements that kind of formed into everything that we have today mm. out of nothing. So yeah, that's a, that's a good broad overview. We're not going to get too far into the weeds again. If your viewer, if our viewers want to uh, look more into the, the niche things and the exact scientific uh, terminology they use, uh, there's a broad range of literature on the internet. Now, what are the main, I know that's the real, like the facts of it. And that's really what's covering this worldview, but what's the, What's the underlying premise of this worldview? And what are their, their main um, kind of outlook outlooks on life? What are the implications of this worldview, we could say? I think one thing evolutionism does is it removes all moral accountability. Yeah. So if you believe that we are just a bunch of apes um, who just evolved from fish or whatever and then all these animals evolved... And we're just simply just the product of natural processes in uh, kind of the world and in physics, then there's morality doesn't exist. There's no objective moral standard. Mm. Mm. So if you're, an, if you're a consistent evolutionist, you have to say that um, objective morality can't exist. So you can't objectively say that it's wrong for someone to murder or it's wrong for someone to steal. Mm. It's just your opinion if you're, if, if you're an evolutionist. Mm. And yeah. the thing is, people who believe in evolution, they're, they're not normally consistent with that. They'll, they'll live their life and act as if these moral standards exist. They'll act, if it's, they'll act as if it's wrong to murder. It's wrong to steal. Um, it's wrong to commit adultery. Like they'll, they'll act out their lives as if it's wrong to do these things. But if they're consistent they would have to agree, well, I can't actually objectively say that it's yeah, wrong. Yeah, there's no real yeah, justification for why they say that's wrong. They'll just say, yeah, I just think this is wrong. Why do then, let's say you have a, a staunch evolutionist, <coughs> like an atheist here, that's full Darwinism going on that. Why would they come up with, oh, well, murder is wrong. Why, why would say biblically in our worldview, why would we see that why would they come to that conclusion because the correct me if i so you're saying why did they say this? if yeah, they hold what, to that worldview why are they saying yeah why things? are they being inconsistent uh because the word is clear that the law of god is written upon their hearts yep. that, that, that yeah that they can't escape uh the imago day that is within them yeah that is yelling and screaming when murder is wrong yeah Rape exactly is wrong. so let's explain a little more on that what does it mean to have the Imago Day as a human being? What, even, what is Imago Day? Yeah, let's let's go into that. Yeah, you tell us, Chris. What is it? Well, it's, it's really we look back and this is where the biblical worldview would stand and say um, God created the world in seven days or in six days. On the seventh, he rested. And one of those days, he created man. He created Adam from the dust and uh, woman, Eve, out of his uh, rib right and this is how we were created but they were created in god's image so we're created to reflect his glory and in that we also have by nature the law of god that's the ten commandments also written on our hearts so we find that in places like romans 2 15 where it talks about that Um, and that's the ten commandments is the moral law the absolute uh, standard for all time um, for all people in all places mm. in the Bible. Yeah. And that's... Um, yeah, what language is Imago Dei? That's Latin. Latin, and it, yeah. it means image of God. Yeah. 
So Imago Dei is just a, a Latin way of saying the image of God, which is what yeah. we are. We're made in the image of God. Yeah, and that's all people. Yeah. That's not just Adam and Eve. That's all people, all time. Yeah. So that's some... Um, we've talked a bit about why the uh, evolutionists might still push back. Um, how would then... Why can we have a moral standard? If uh, someone with a Darwinistic uh, worldview can't account for their morality how can we as christians well we can account for it because we have a standard Mm. which is god yeah so god in the beginning he created the whole world and um even even before he showed revealed to us the ten commandments he still had a moral law that was Mm. written on people's hearts uh but god's law is made clear uh in the ten commandments god's moral law um and God is the absolute objective standard and he will never change his mind about mm, what's right yeah. and what's wrong. Yeah. Um, so that's what we can appeal to. We can say, hey, we have the Bible. God says that it's wrong to steal. Mm. But if you're an evolutionist, you can't really say that. You you just think, well, we're just a bunch of evolved apes. You've got mm. no standard to appeal to other yeah. than your own opinion or maybe what the majority of people believe. You go, well, the majority of the people in our society think this is... Mm. think this is right or think, think that this thing is wrong but yeah. that's not that's not an that's not an objective standard yeah so if you're saying to be in their shoes is what you're saying is that if everyone agreed that which some cultures have cannibalism is the social norm or the subjective uh standard of the majority would that be okay in their worldview if they were being consistent if they were being consistent yes that would mm. be okay yeah but again, we'll go back to the Imago Dei. They would argument that and they would fight against that mm. because mm. they know that it is wrong. Yeah. But they ultimately can't give a justification with their worldview yeah. why that is wrong. Yeah. So we're seeing big worldview collisions here. We're seeing big inconsistencies, how we're working out what we're professing and what we know in our heart of hearts we truly believe. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. Mm. Um, we might quickly touch on... So we've gone... We've streamlined the atheistic worldview, the biblical counter to yep. that. What about yeah. some uh, in-house kind of Christians that mm, are in the pro house. in the house? Yeah. What about them that are pro-evolution? Uh, How can we yeah. account? Now, this is where it gets tricky because then they're also uh. saying, I'm being consistent. Uh, I have the biblical worldview, same yeah. as you and Reuben and yes. Seth. So what yeah. about these guys? Well, you'll encounter a lot of Christians. It's quite common a lot of Christians who will believe in evolution or they'll believe in the big bang. They'll believe in an old universe, billions of years old. Um, but I think ultimately if you're a Christian, you can't consistently believe the Bible and, and hold to evolution at the same time. Yeah. Cause what evolution does, it's an attack on the Christian worldview. It's an attack on the gospel and an attack mm. on the Bible from the very first sentence of the Bible. Yeah. It says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God, God is the one who made it. And then obviously in Genesis, God created the world in six days. Um, and then, so what these people will say, right? They'll go, oh, well, that's figurative. That's a poem. It's, it's poetic literature. It's not speaking literally. And people come up with weird ways of getting around it. Um, but then the, the issue is then they have to come up with this spot. Okay, they go, oh, what point in Genesis did it then start becoming literal? People normally say after the flood. Uh, they say, oh, the, the flood didn't happen, you know, because that's, that's not scientific either, supposedly. Um, but 
my issue with that is the rest of the entire Bible refers to Genesis as being literal. Like, especially those first few chapters of Genesis, they're absolutely foundational to the rest of the entire Bible. Mm. And when you read the New Testament authors, when you read Paul and you, and you, you read the things that Jesus said, they all quoted Genesis. And that, that many times Jesus quoted it, Paul quoted it from those early chapters of Genesis. Mm. And then they used it and they, they assumed it was literal. You know, you read through the whole New Testament, all the New Testament authors, they all believed that Genesis literally happened. Mm. And then the rest of the Bible relies upon the assumption that the things that happened in Genesis actually happened. And when you start undermining that, you say, well, it's, it's, literal, it's not literal, it's figurative. Then the whole Bible just falls apart and you, it becomes very difficult mm. to even interpret anything in the Bible. It just, mm. it, the Bible loses all of its consistency. Mm. Yeah, so we'll just point out, even Jesus Christ himself does refer to Genesis. Uh, where is that? Matthew 19, I believe. Oh, I can't remember. I did write it down at some stage. Am Matthew 19. It? Yeah, Matthew uh, 19. Yep. There's uh, three to five. Matthew 19, three to five. There you go for our viewers. What, <coughs> what we're saying is the Christians really, you'll start running into a lot of hermeneutical or interpretive issues. Yeah. If you start playing around with times and dates then, so some people might want to um, look at the, like a theory of relativity and saying, one year, one day for us is could be a thousand years for God, or one day for God could be a thousand yeah. years for us. Or such a dumb they, argument. They start running into these things that just aren't in the text. Yeah. And then if you start pulling, and this is if you're being consistent again in your hermeneutics and in your interpretation of the text, that just falls apart throughout the Bible, and you have to start splitting the way you interpret these texts yeah. up to others. Um, yeah. Another huge problem with, with evolutionism, if you're a Christian, is for evolutionism, since it's survival of the fittest, it requires that some creatures survive and other ones die. So the ones that have a disadvantage at surviving, they die. The ones who have an advantage, they live. Uh, so essentially, death is required for evolution. And then my question is, Genesis is clear that death is is brought about because of sin. Death is a punishment and a consequence of sin from God. Mm. If you believe in evolution, you essentially believe that death existed in the world before sin existed. Now, how does that work? Mm. So people are dying. The consequence of sin is happening before anyone ever sinned, which means that God is punishing people for, some, for sins, even though no one's ever sinned yet which makes God unjust. God can't bring death yeah. into the world before mm. anyone's ever sinned because that's God is needlessly punishing um, people or bringing about the consequences of sin uh, mm. before anyone's ever done it. Mm. Yeah, true. Any thoughts, Seth? Yeah, you haven't talked in a while, Seth. Yeah, on this topic, I feel especially uneducated <laughs> on all of this stuff. I have my opinions, which will always go back to, I feel like what we'll finish on which is the accountability. Mm. Uh, for example, I would say that I have a pretty good understanding of the Christian worldview and I can see why an evolutionist would hold to this worldview. Mm. As, as Ruben said before, it's so that they don't have that accountability to what they know in their hearts of hearts is wrong, mm. uh, which they go about in their personal lives and through the sin in which they're actively engaging in. Yeah. They know it's wrong, but it, it, it seems like a good a good well view to hold on to if they still love this and yeah because it gets rid of that accountability 
Yeah, that's exactly what evolutionism does. Because yeah. the Bible says that um, the kings of the earth, they set themselves against, against Christ and his anointed, trying mm. to cast their cords yeah. to, uh, away from us. That's from yeah. Psalm 2. Mm. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. Yeah, that's mm. right. So they've, they've created this whole ideology where essentially God doesn't exist. Yeah. Well, we don't need God. We mm. were all brought about by just natural processes of, of the way mm. the world works. I, I find it funny as well how they're always like, oh, science, science proof, you know, evolution, you know, we've got to yeah. look at the proof. But to hold on to such a worldview, you have to believe in the biggest miracle out of everything, which is that everything came from nothing. Yeah. Mm. You have to believe that. And then, then go to your world. You'd be like, "Oh, I need the facts, the science." Yeah. Mm. So why this might be so popular to a lot of obviously both academically minded people and even just lay people? We just like just people go to school. They hear about this. They think it's true. Yeah. Is is probably because of the the science name yeah. on it. It just seems well. If someone yeah. was to say there's a theory of fairies, or mm. just give it some wishy-washy name, it's not going to hold as as strong. But because it has this scientific backing, and we really think these really intelligent people from a worldly perspective have just come up with this theory. But deeper, it's a lot deeper than science, right? It's yeah. a it's a ph- philosophy question yeah and it's a really it's a theology question yeah they've set this up like reuben and brother seth were talking about just to go against even the very start of scripture itself Mm. from its core yeah Um, so the question would be now just to probably a bonus question oh bonus does this mean christians can't be scientists and we can't look at science does that just Ooh. mean we're just ignoring the science by ignoring evolution? What's the go there? Can Christians do science? Uh, f- uh, yes. Uh, yes, they can. Mm. I was thinking mm. of a quote from a guy. Uh, his name is Greg Bunsen, if you guys. Mm. He, yeah, Christians should definitely. Yeah, Greg Bunsen. He wrote he, uh, a lot of books on apologetics. Yes, mm. yes. And yes. he talked about uh, evolutionism is something. He, he would actually about. say uh, the, you can't have science without the Christian worldview. Mm. But. I don't want to butcher his saying it in, but yeah. <laughs> Again, you can search it up yourselves. But yeah. Ruben, can Christians do science? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. Why? Science is is a good thing. Um, it's it's a part of in Genesis, like we created God created us to take dominion over the earth. Mm. So studying how the uh, how the world works, how physics works, how biology works how mathematics works, studying all of these things is a part of taking dominion over the earth. Mm. And scientific discoveries, they bring about new inventions and they bring about all kinds of benefits and blessings in life mm. because of the science people have done in the past. And it's mm. one of the things that God has created us to do and it's something that um, God has gifted many people with. Many mm. people are scientifically minded. They want to discover things. They want to find out how things work. Mm. Um, but the problem with evolutionism is that they approach it all from the wrong angle. They're all coming at, towards science from this angle of disbelief in God. Mm. So um, the majority of the scientific community today, then they're, they're mostly atheists or agnostics. They, they, they don't believe in God. Uh, they don't believe in the God of the Bible. Mm. Um, and no one is actually neutral. It's everybody will fundamentally use their worldview to interpret data and evidence. Yep. So scientists today, because they're atheists, they approach science from a different angle. They approach mm. it differently to how a Christian would. Um, there are a lot of things about science that are observable and they're repeatable and they're clearly true. Um, but 
evolution is not it's not observable and it's not repeatable mm. um and it's not and essentially scientists have come at it from the angle of with already the assumption and the presupposition that god doesn't exist mm. so they've kind of created this theory from that assumption mm. which is one of the issues with it yeah so we they're going into the data already saying no matter what this data tells us god cannot be real yeah we can prove anything from this data except God. Yeah. yeah. And this is where they're coming into this data with what's known as a presupposition, which is a fundamental um, assumption about the world. Yeah. Um, so like fundamental assumptions we make as Christians is there is a God yeah. um, and he has created us. And mm. the atheists would say, well, there is no God. He hasn't created us. As neutral as they may want to say, Jesus Christ, our savior tells us, he, you are either for him or against him. There is no gray. There is no, I'm just neutral on this. Um, yeah. Christians deal in absolutes. Life is in absolutes. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's cool. a quote about that I heard. You know, uh, here we go. Only a Sith deals in absolutes. Oh, here we go. It's one of the great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was an attempt at a Star Wars joke. It's supposed yeah. to be yeah. funny, <laughs> but it didn't, uh, it didn't land. <laughs> 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 Yeah, how good. But we're not uh, So we've gone through a few inconsistencies in worldviews. We've gone through some worldview collisions. Um, we've seen how Christians can interpret scientific data. We might even make a whole podcast on Christians in science and just science in general because that's Ooh. a pretty hot topic. Touch hot on topic. Oh, stay tuned. Like, yeah, uniformity in nature, these type hey. of mm. um, ideas. But coming to a close now, we spoke about this moral law, this 10 commandments yeah. that's written on everyone's hearts. What does this have to do with our eternity? Um, is this just, is it just good ethics? Do Christians just have better ethics because they have this 10 commandments? Can, are we just superior people or what, what implications does the mm. law have on humans now? Well, God's law is absolute and it applies to everyone. Mm. So this is kind of this very popular idea, my truth, your truth. Mm. And oh, yeah. essentially people who kind of promote the my truth, your truth kind of belief is they, they believe that essentially whatever you believe will happen will actually happen. Mm. Yeah. So they think it's, it's really weird and inconsistent. I don't really get it, to be honest. Mm. But people will say, well, because I'm a Christian, I can believe that I'm going to go to heaven and that's good for you. That's, that's your worldview. That's your belief. And then they'll, some people believe they'll be reincarnated. So they'll get reincarnated. And some people believe that nothing happens after they die. So after they die, nothing will happen to them. Uh, but that doesn't make uh, any sense. And I've just realized I've forgotten what was the original question. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> what are the implications <laughs> of God's moral law oh, yes, that's on right. people now? Seth, take us away. <laughs> the implications of God's moral law. God's moral law on people now. Mm-hmm. Well, the implications is that. Every single one of us has broken God's law. Amen. Yeah, it applies to everyone. It implies every single person, whether or not you believe in reincarnation or you don't believe in any God. Well, mm. this is the objective truth is that the law that is written in your heart that you cannot escape, you have broken. Mm. And that's why you feel the guilt and shame. Yeah. And that's why you're trying to hide it in this fallacy and in this uh, worldview of no accountability, mm. evolutionism. It's because you know that the, the, the sin in which you've committed is wrong. Yeah. But... uh. And then in terms of like a legal side of things, uh, what happens when you break the law here on earth? You have to, you, you are going to appear for a judge and that judge is going to judge you justly. Mm. So uh, 
everyone who has broken that law, that moral law that is written on all of our hearts, uh, have uh, acquired and merited for themselves uh, a punishment for that sin in which they have committed. And it's not going to be according to their standard of what good and evil is. It's going to be according to God's standard of what yeah. good and evil is. And that is infinite. Yeah. So just okay. as uh, the any type of darkness would disappear when there's an immense amount of light. Yeah. When you appear before God one day uh, to give an account for your sins and the life in which you have lived. Mm. Uh, let's say an evolutionist, if you have died, the life in which you have lived in denial of the God that you knew existed. Uh, you're going to be there without... Uh, without excuse you're mm. going to stand before the almighty king the almighty judge and you're going to have to uh yeah. give an account for the sins in which you have committed and that is the that is the news and that, that that's the information that's that's the news that every single person on earth is in yeah mm. but, that's uh, bad news we've that's all the bad sinned. news yeah mm. every single one of us have sinned we've all fallen short of god's glory and that is our standing for yeah god. that's the bad news but and exactly as Seth said you'll you'll stand before christ and god will judge you according to his moral law yeah so the ten commandments uh, you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You yeah. shall not worship other gods. You yeah. don't make idols. Um, uh, keep the Sabbath day holy. Don't use the Lord's name in vain. All those Ten Commandments that God lays out, that's God's standard. Yeah. So God will stand, you'll stand before God on the day of judgment and God will look at every single work that you've ever, ever done, every yeah. deed that you've ever done. And he will look at all of your sins and he will punish you and judge you according to what you've done. Mm. But here's the good news. We deserve to die mm. because of our sin. Yep. But God sent his son Jesus to die in our place. Mm. So it says in 2 Corinthians that when Jesus died upon the cross, he took our sins upon himself. He became sin for us and he, he died for us in our place, taking the punishment that we deserve. Yeah. And he rose from the dead. And now it says that he is exalted as king in heaven. So Jesus is exalted as the king and he is the judge. Mm. Um, so if you stand before Christ on that day, there's two things that can happen. The first option is either you reject and deny the gospel, you reject and deny that Jesus died for you. Then you will be punished for your sins because God mm. is a just God and he yeah. is a good God. And mm. you, God will send you to hell because that's what you deserve. Yeah. But the second option, option two, is if you put your faith in Christ, Jesus will look at you on that day and he will say, all of your sins you committed, I see every sin you've ever committed. But when I died upon the cross, I took those sins upon myself and I died in your place, taking mm. the punishment that you deserve for your sin. So there are your two options that you have before you. Either you can put your faith in Christ today and receive the free gift of salvation, or you mm. could reject and deny the gospel, and then you will be held accountable for your sins if you do so. Amen. Yeah, we uh, we do plead with you. We beg as much as we can um, that you do repent of your sin and place your trust in Jesus Christ. Yeah. This is um, This is our main goal of this podcast. And we're pleading with, with everyone that is an unbeliever that's listening to this, come to Christ. Come. You don't need Amen. to bring anything. You don't need to do anything. Just place your trust in Jesus Christ alone who yeah. took your penalty in your place for yeah. you personally. That he died the death you should have. lived the life you couldn't. Yeah. And this is undeserved and this is what grace is. And he will not cast you out if you just come to him in faith. That's right. And we're pleading with you. If if anyone is an unbeliever and genuinely has questions, I think you could probably either comment or try and message us on any of our social media platforms. We plead with you. We'll be more than happy to chat with you and discuss and answer more questions mm, with yeah. you. This is our biggest goal of this podcast is evangelism, is yeah. preaching the good news. And whether it's 
tearing down idols for you to see the the fallacy and the inconsistency of these worldviews and how these will condemn you. This isn't yeah. as silly as, oh, it's just a science debate or it's just a little debate. This is your eternity at stake. We want to ask you, are you ready to face your creator? And if you are not in Christ and not found in him, you are not because that's an eternity of torment that you will suffer. We're pleading with you, please repent of your sin. And even in, yeah, in, in, in what we're saying, it, it comes with a, a beautiful, beautiful blessing. Mm. Uh, if you've heard these things and you, and, and you've and you've understood and you've seen your sin against the holy God, the mm. sin, the guilt that is upon your heart when you sin daily, if, if you see your sin and you come before God in repentance, the blessing there is eternal life in yeah. Christ Jesus. Yeah. Not only that, but a promised Holy Spirit that will walk with you, that will be within you, that will sanctify you mm. and conform you more into the image of Christ until yeah. that day when he, when he, until that day when the Lord either calls you home or, or the day he returns. Mm. That's the blessing, but there's also a curse because anyone, everyone who is listening to this and have heard the gospel, but then turn a blind eye, turn away from it. You mm. cannot say on the day of judgment that you didn't hear this news. Yeah. You cannot say, oh, the good news of the gospel, I didn't, well, what was right now like mm. it comes with yeah. a blessing and that is a blessing and then there's a curse because yeah. if, you, if you turn around if you callous if you if you if you block your ears if you turn off this app and just go away and go about your sin you're held accountable to what you are listening to right now yeah and yeah again as a brother chris was saying this is our plea and our cry that we would that you would repent of your sin and cling to christ because mm. this is the good news of the gospel and at the end of the day every single knee in heaven and on earth will bow at his glory yeah He'll bow at his, at his throne. Mm. But uh, we pray that you would be on the hidden in his blood and hidden in Christ mm. yeah. uh, when he returns. Amen. Well, this was excellent podcast. We uh, uh, went through a few different um, ideas and approaches mm. around the uh, worldview of evolution, Darwinism, some people want to call it. Yeah. Nowadays, Neo-Darwinism, but mm. uh, we touched on it. Thank yeah. you, Fair. Ruben. Yeah. Thank you, Seth. Z- Thank very, you, Chris. Very brief. Like, we didn't go too deep into it because we wanted to get at the real issue of, mm. uh, you know, the, the worldview. And, we didn't want to, yeah. uh, what's the term? Get stuck in the weeds. Yeah, stuck in the weeds. As Chris puts it. Yeah. yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> what do you say, Ruben? What's that thing you say? Food for thought. Uh, well, points, to um, points to ponder. Food for thought. Cake to consume. <laughs> Cake to consume. We hope to see you next time. We yeah. apologize for the <laughs> delay. Uh, we're going to have some special guests coming on. Stay tuned. Get this, pumped up. This should hopefully be the new Sons of Gideon headquarters outside in the afternoons, not oh, inside. But I wasn't even aware of this. If yeah. God be willing. Yeah. The more you know. We'll catch you guys <coughs> in the next uh, next episode. Yo! Yo! Yo!